Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. The MSEC For the Sake of the Child podcast team would like to thank Fort Campbell Spouses Club and Scott Spouses Club for sponsoring today's podcast. Your support allows us to not only share information and resources, but also build connection through shared stories and experiences, providing military kids, their families, and the professionals who serve them the tools they need to help our military-connected children thrive. With great appreciation, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome everyone to our MSEC podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent to parent educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today, we're going to be talking to Blue Star families about strengthening our military families through communities. Dr. Kim Hunt is the Senior Research Manager at Blue Star Families and has been active in education in the nonprofit sector for more than 30 years. She has completed multiple research and evaluation projects for the military and veteran service organizations and has served on the Coordinating Council for the San Diego Military Family Collaborative. Together with her husband, a retired Navy officer, and their two daughters, Dr. Hunt moved 16 times throughout the U.S. and Europe and has taught as well as run reading programs for multiple age levels at a variety of public and private schools. These experiences prompted her interest in researching the experiences of highly mobile military children. Dr. Hunt holds a PhD from the University of San Diego in Leadership Studies with a dual focus on nonprofit management and education leadership. So we have Dr. Kim Hunt joining us today. And Dr. Hunt, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Uh, thank you for having me, Susan. For our listeners that maybe are not familiar with your organization, would you share Blue Star Family's mission? Yes, our mission is very simple and straightforward. Our mission is to help military families address the challenges of the military lifestyle with innovative strategies. What that boils down to is we listen to military families. We learn what's going on in their lives at this moment, and we work to help to create solutions or programs that can help support them, or we also help to elevate their voices to policymakers who can make a difference. Well, I know you say it's simple, but I think it's quite impactful. In fact, 1.5 million military family members around the world have actually benefited from Blue Star Families programs. One of the more innovative ways uh, your organization supports the military community is through research. In fact, Blue Star Families has been facilitating a survey about the military family lifestyle for the last 11 years. In fact, we did a podcast last year about the survey, and I realized 
we never had a chance to share with our listeners the results. Before we talk about this year's survey, would you share with our listeners two of the biggest takeaways or what was discovered about children's education last year? Yes, two of the things that uh, really came up uh, were we're sort of, well, they're always related. Everything that, that we find within these surveys uh, cross over one another. And what we try to do is we try and build on some of the findings that we have had over the years and see if things change or, or how things are different. Um, and then this past year, what we did was we took a look at both how parents felt schools were doing um, after a PCS. So how were schools helping children and families enroll in the school, um, become a part of the school, get into the right courses, be able to, um, to be in the right grade level, to be able to enroll their children, even if they didn't have all the paperwork yet from the other school. And those are really important points that have come up and the MIC-3 has created as part of the Military Interstate Children's Compact Commission has created part of the Interstate Compact to make sure these things happen. Um, for instance, one of the things that has come up over the years for families is extracurricular activities are not only important uh, for children to be involved in their school, but it's also a way for children to make connections socially. It's a way for middle school and high schoolers who are starting to hone their skills for sports teams to make sure that they have the ability to try out for the teams and to be involved in those teams. So one of the things uh, that we do is we say, well, how are that? How is that working how, in real life? How are you experiencing that? And for the most part, most schools, most states are doing a really good job. There were some issues with some. Some of the families who stated that they had some difficulty sometimes getting their children into tryouts for sports or extracurriculars, especially if they were considered electives and or the time for tryouts had passed. But for the most part, it was working for the majority of the people. And most importantly, kids were, be able, were able to be enrolled into the school into their right grade level, even if the parents still did not have the information. So what we found is on the whole, the majority of schools and states are following the compact and able to help families transfer children much easier from school to school. And that, that basically, you know, parents were perceiving that overall most of the compact was being adhered to. So the most common issue that arose was due to course placement, particularly in the upper grades. Some of the states have different requirements and some students had found themselves maybe repeating courses or being in courses that were with children who were younger than them so that they could check off the box for the state requirement. But uh, that was primarily where we found some parents who had issues with some of the compact. Uh, one, one of the things we did as well is we asked questions that were important to families that we found over the years, but maybe were not as part of the compact, such as was the school welcoming, uh, which could be very different. They might be very nice, they might be very welcoming and then not adhere to something to the compact, or they may adhere to the contract compact, but the families may not feel welcome. And so we wanted to sort of get at both pieces. How are they doing with the compact and how are they doing overall with 
families and, and welcoming military families into their communities and their schools. So what we discovered is most families felt overwhelmingly that their school was welcoming of them, their children, um, and that uh, one of the other things that was that sort of rose to the surface is those who had this good experience, it seemed to be a gateway into the community itself. So the schools were acting as these gateways for the military families into the communities. Not only did their children get into the school, feel welcome there, the majority of the parents felt their children were thriving in their school. And they also felt that the school was a way for them to get acclimated into their communities. Mm -hmm. can, can you elaborate a little bit more when you're talking about how schools are the gateway to a community? One of those ways, as we've talked about, is that the schools offer a way for parents to connect with other parents, for children to connect with other children, and for those families to start feeling apart and acclimating into their communities. One other thing that really rose to the surface in last year's um, findings was that families were trying different methods in order to offset the impact of relocation on their children's education. Um, and one of the ways that they did that is there were more respondents, out of our respondents, the homeschooling percentage was higher than the national homeschooling percentage. And of those who were homeschooling, a large number of them mentioned that they were homeschooling, it was almost half, mentioned they were homeschooling to stabilize their child's education and to make sure that despite the multiple moves that military lifestyle can impose on a family, the children were still able to have the continuity with their Schooling. Also, we found that of those families who were geo-batching, it's about 20% were geo-batching, of those, 30%, about, about a little over 30% mentioned they were geo-batching, so their children did not have to change schools. So, well, I think that information is mm -hmm. very interesting. I know as a parent of two high school students, I, I would be very interested in knowing uh, the earlier information that you had mentioned so I could be better prepared when it came to working with a new school district and certainly um, understanding that schools are the way that we connect with our community. I think that's, that's kind of a, an interesting point that kind of came to the surface. So certainly something that could be a challenge for this year. So Kim, I think your explanation of how the information truly can be turned into a resource for, for our family is certainly motivation to complete the survey. Who should be taking this survey? For if we're looking just at the military children's education, obviously not everybody is going to get those questions, but really who should take the survey is anyone who is connected to a military family. So that also includes adult children of military members. That also includes parents of those serving. Um, it includes obviously all of our active duty families and our National Guard and Reserve families, our veteran families. But like I said, we do want to make sure that everyone who is a part of a military family has a voice. And it's important if you are in the military or you are connected in some way to a military member, you should take this survey. You may not have every question that we have in our survey because we try and 
and help the respondents not have to read questions that may not pertain to them. But every voice counts in the military community. And if we don't hear your voice, we have no way of elevating it to the next level and to include it in our, our overall findings of what the military family lifestyle is. That schools had really become a gateway into the community for many military families. So that initial look at the school, getting your child enrolled, getting them enrolled in the right courses, the right grade level, those were all extremely important. But what was just as important to the families were the welcoming of the schools and the idea that they could meet with other people within the community. But it's also something that's very dear to military families is getting their children into extracurricular activities. This helps the children not only with learning about the different things that are available within their community, connecting them to other kids, connecting families, but also kids who are older high school level, they're starting to look at maybe sports or activities that can help them with college applications or, or something else furthering on after their high school years. Well, I think that's very interesting, but I'm curious, how else can this information impact our military community? Once people within Blue Star families, once the respondents tell us what is going on in their particular lives or their situation, um, whether it's you know education for their children or something about spouse employment, what Blue Star family does is then they, they collect all this information, they create the yearly comprehensive report. And then what happens is Blue Star Family has the respect of other organizations such as MSEC that work with military families and their children. They have the respect of schools, school districts, leaders within all the different levels of government from local from our chapter based model up to the national level. And many policies can be enacted because the voices of those who are part of this community are elevated to the policymakers who are actually able to implement them. Um, for instance, one thing that was constantly coming up was education has become an important part of the issues that military families face. And as this information has been made available and, and known, Things like base closures now, they will look at the school districts and how the schools are rated and how they're doing with the education of their children as one of the requirements for looking at before they decide on closing a base or which bases they're going to close. And those are very important because what it's telling us is that the voices are being heard from the families and that education is extremely important to military families, making the top five the last couple of years as military issues in our survey. The other thing that Blue Star Family does is they elevate the voices of the military families who respond to the survey. And so once people respond to the survey, those findings are made available through not only our survey, uh, re comprehensive report, but through different things like uh, policy implementation, going and working with organ other military serving organizations, and working with Congress 
to help enact changes or policies that uh, to help benefit military families and help make this process of relocation easier, especially when it comes to military children's education. Well, I just finished filling out the survey yesterday and it didn't actually take very long and it has, I believe, skip logic is embedded in the survey. So if there's anything that's not specific or pertinent to your particular dynamic, you know, you don't have to go through all the questions. But what I found interesting was that the, the list of topics actually was fairly extensive. There were questions ranging from job satisfaction to community resources and, of course, school environment due to COVID. And I believe each year the survey has like a, a special focus or a highlight uh, topic that they like to sort of um, bring attention to. I'm curious, what is this year's focus uh, in terms of the survey or what's new this year that uh, Blue Star Families is wanting to try to identify? Specifically for military children, as we mentioned, we wanted to sort of look last year at the impact of the compact for military families on relocation. And this year we started out really wanting to find out about the mobility of families whose children have IEPs or 504 plans and how those families perceive the, the mobility of these plans. Are they able to transfer their IEPs and 504s to new duty stations, to the new schools? What are the support structures that are in place for them? Um, how well the schools are doing with that? What are some of the struggles? The other thing we really wanted to focus on this year were some solutions. So we have a lot of questions in there, not just about what are your challenges, but what went well? What worked? You know, what are some of the uh, things that maybe other people can use as well? And so we want to sort of get at not just maybe some of these challenges of the mobility, the IEP of 504, but what are some ways that maybe parents were able to work around with the schools, what, what worked? And that, that's very helpful for anyone else who, once you take the survey, we create the comprehensive report and people read it, there's some other families who can say, oh, you know, there is a way that I can help advocate for myself as well as the advocating that we do uh, as a policy. And the other thing that we really wanted to look at was how especially continue that topic of the schools as a gateway into the community. How are families doing with the community? And as we were starting to develop this year's instrument for the survey, COVID became an overwhelming issue for all of us and the schools closed and this gateway that these families have relied on for many years, especially during relocation times, those were also closed. So what, what then could happen? And we wanted to see how people adapted to that. We also wanted to find out were they given a choice this year and where their kids went to school and how that ability to choose um, impacted their feelings about the school. We wanted to, we also want to find out um, what is going on in the parents' lives as far as education goes, how stressful is it for the parents who are now finding themselves virtually uh, helping their children uh, go to school. And also, what is the impact carrying over from our last year's finding of the, the numbers of our respondents who were homeschooling 
sort of taking another look at that too and seeing if this change has created a longer term change in those who choose to homeschool. And from, from these ideas, we've, we've done a few other uh, polls and things over the past few months that were pertaining specifically to, um, to COVID and its impact on military families. And that's where the idea of creating this program for welcoming that's starting this week is going to, has come about to make sure that there's a way for families to still connect during this time, especially those families that were using the school as their connection. Absolutely, and, and particularly for those families that are PCSing to a new school um, that is meeting virtually at this at this uh, point in time, that can certainly be a, a challenge. So I really like the topics that you shared with us. Those are very important to our military community, and I, I do think uh, you know new communities when they have a better understanding of what it's like to move with a military child with exceptional needs, then. Perhaps they can identify ways to welcome and to support those incoming families. And I, I like how this year's survey, not only are you trying to identify challenges, but that you're also uh, identifying solutions. Um, because I think it's really helpful that when we collaborate, we can see uh, how other organizations or other areas are doing things and that's how we learn and, and how we grow because ultimately it's all about empowering the military family. Uh, and I would love for you to share with our listeners what drives you so passionately when it comes to this survey? Well, there's multiple reasons. This survey to me, as I've said before, is the ability to sort of collectively gather the voices of the individual military families and to raise those up together as a collective. Uh, the other reason that I became so passionate about this is in my husband's 21 years of active duty service, we moved 16 times ourselves and, um, and being in education constantly, that constant turnover of trying to get my foot in the door and then we would leave again and watching our girls do it over and over again and understanding that that although we are very similar to our civilian peers, there are some challenges that military families face that are unique. And I think that one of the things about Blue Star Families is they have found a way to listen to military families and to help coalesce that information and then to turn it into action, either through their own programming or through uh, policies that they try and help drive or implement or support. And I think that that is really what drives me so passionately about the survey is my own personal experience, as well as the experience of those around us and also the experience of the children that I was always a part of within the schools, whether I was working in the schools or running the programs or, or a scout leader, that I saw these military kids as being extremely resilient and the more support structures that were in place to help them in this transitional process, the, the better the outcomes for everyone. And I think that Blue Star Families is devoted to that same mission of supporting military families and making sure to ease the challenges and to elevate the solutions. And that is key. And without something like this survey, we don't hear from the other family members. We all each have our own experience that we bring to the table, but that's only a piece of the experience. We need to hear from everyone and we need to have 
all of these voices brought together. So the survey is um, something, a tool that everyone can use in order to do that. And it takes a few minutes of time. And the one thing I like to tell people is that few minutes of time is a very small price to pay for the impact that their voice can have through Blue Star families. Well, Kim, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your work and the mission of Blue Star Families to increase awareness and understanding of the military family life. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I really, as, as you mentioned, your last question hit, it, hit the nail on the head. I am passionate about helping military families and especially children and supporting in their education. And this is really great. And I hope that your listeners, as soon as they're done with uh, listening to this podcast, go on to the Blue Star Family website. I believe you're you're posting that um, and take that survey. Absolutely. We are going to include the website to Blue Star Families in our show's notes. So make sure to check it out. Not only can you find information about how to complete this year's survey, you can also find the executive report for last year's survey in addition to lots of other wonderful resources. Remember to please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you'd like to hear more about. Have a great day. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support provided by Fort Campbell Spouses Club and Scott Spouses Club. Thank you for making a difference in the lives of military children. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.